I grew up in a in a very very small church um, and very very few kids uh, and um, what that does going through school you, it feels like you have no allies um, and I admire our children and how they love one another and they're gonna that, that's gonna help strengthen them as they navigate this life and navigate school and and um, and I appreciate them so much. Some of them are saved. Some of them, by their lack of testimony, we have to assume they're lost. Some of them have not yet reached that age, but it won't be long. Um, and so my... Uh, they were talking about in that song, A Pastor to Lead Us. And I thought, I, I, when Solomon was asked of God one time, he said, what do you want? And I'll give you anything. And Solomon said, Lord, I'm just a little child. I don't know how to lead these people. And I felt like that so many times. And Solomon just prayed that he said, just give me a, an understanding heart and help me to lead your people. And so as a pastor, that's what you try to do and, and, and battle with the devil. And, and we wrestle with God on behalf of men and wrestle with men on behalf of God. And, and, uh, and I need your prayers as a pastor. Please pray for me. Pray for these children. I, I want them all to be saved. And... Uh, is there anything further before we go any further in the service? Amen. 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 Bless you, Brenda. Somebody else. I do desire your prayers. As I said earlier, I... Um, Asked the Lord for a message, and and he, he gave me a thought very very late in the week. And honestly, I've not studied it much, but what I have studied, it's uh, I'm not qualified. I don't feel like to do this. But if you turn to uh, the Book of Revelation, chapter number twelve, um, while you're turning there, I will tell you I'm proudly wearing my blue today because I've got a feeling next Sunday it wouldn't cause be cause for that. So. Uh, a little nervous about next Sunday, next Saturday night. So I thought we better wear it. This might be the last time before basketball season I get to. So, uh, Revelation chapter number 12. I'm uh, going to read the whole chapter. Um, anytime you get into the book of Revelation, um, you have to sort of try and ask for guidance with any scripture. Uh, but Revelation means the unfolding or an unveiling. It's it's pulling back the curtains and allowing us to see into the hereafter. Uh, but parts of Revelation goes back to the past. And, uh, and you have to separate those visions, and that's exactly what they are. They're visions, and you have to separate. Uh, some of them are, are physical, some of them are, are spiritual. And so you, you try your best to separate um, one from the other and the future from the present and the present from the past. Uh, but a lot of times it's hard. Um, but I, I do want to try to preach this in Revelation chapter number 12. And you pray for us. It may be short, uh, but we'll see. The Lord's surely going to have to help us um, if there's going to be any preaching. But it says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, 
having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with the rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to His throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And the woman to the woman were giving two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman. And the earth swallowed, opened up her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Revelation is, the, is really the only book in the Bible that, that it gives us a promise that if you read it, you'll receive a blessing. It says that in chapter number 1, Blessed is he that readeth and keepeth and understandeth the prophecies that are contained in this book. Um, as I said before, a lot of it is still still veiled unto me. And, and, and John, we, we tried to get in the mindset of what life was like 2,000 years ago and how he could possibly explain the things uh, in our day and time. What Exactly what did you see, John? And John saw the unveiling. Uh, he saw the hereafter. Uh, God allowed John to see uh, down through eternity and down through time. And he saw, allowed John to see into the heavens itself. And, and so John pinned down things that uh, that God told him to. And, and you know there's a lot of things I believe that John saw that he was not allowed to write. You can find that in there as well. And he said, seal up the book the same that he told Daniel. Uh, when he gave Daniel visions, he said, Daniel the times that you saw are for the end. 
end. And, and as we've gone further along into time, we uh, we see the writings of the prophets and the apostles and, and how they uh, how they are taking place in our day. And, and when you hear uh, not only our our leaders but leaders across the globe have begun to talk about uh, an Armageddon that's coming to this earth uh, of a nuclear kind, and you get to study in those uh, those uh, horsemen that's going to come up on planet Earth. Uh, you get to hear their leaders talk about uh, digital currencies and things like that. They don't wake up every. Uh, every child of God, when you uh, begin to hear those things and, and when you see the things that are beginning to take place. But I want to speak to you this morning, not of that, uh, but it is of great importance that we pay attention to that. Uh, but I want to speak to you this morning just about us, uh, about the church of the living God. Uh, I believe she's portrayed uh, in this 12th chapter. John began to see, uh, he began to see that arch enemy of our souls. Uh, uh, God allowed John to see uh, we have an enemy today. Uh, the first time the name Satan is mentioned in the Bible I think is in uh, First or Second Chronicles. Uh, that's not the first time Satan is in the Bible, uh, but that's the first time the name Satan is mentioned and it's when Satan stood against David and commanded and enticed David to number Israel. And so by that we know that Satan, that word Satan, it means an adversary. He is a great adversary today. He is the arch enemy of all believers and of all mankind. You can find in the Old Testament a lot of things about the devil, about that dragon has been hidden. But you can find things in the Old Testament. You can find in Isaiah that he said his name was Lucifer and that he was the son of the morning. And you can find that he said Lucifer beheld, Isaiah wrote, as Lucifer fell to the earth. You can find that, uh, that the reason for that fall, Isaiah said, is because he exalted himself uh, above uh, the other angels. And he exalted himself and he said, I will be like unto the Most High. And then uh, you can find in Ezekiel's writings in chapter 28 of Ezekiel, I believe that prophecy is not only to do with the king of Tyre, uh, but I believe it's also about that adversary. Uh, for he said, you've been in the garden of God. He said you were perfect in your beauty. Uh, keep that in mind. He said Satan is the anointed cherub that covereth. He had great power and great authority uh, over what? We don't really know. Uh, but he was an anointed cherub. Uh, we do know that much. Uh, and the Bible says that uh, he was perfect in his beauty until the day that iniquity was found in him. Uh, but the Bible says that he was exalted and lifted up because of his beauty. He was a created being. But He was a created being in authority and power. Some think He had authority to do with this earth. I'm not sure about all of that. But I do know He is an enemy. And He was cast down. And there was a war in the heavens, the Bible declared. And it said Satan and his angels fought. And Michael and his angels fought. And there was a war there. And we get to see into the heavenlies just for a moment. Jesus Himself when He was on this earth. He said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall to the earth. I just read unto you, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth because now He is cast down unto you and He's in great wrath and He's in great power and He's in great wrath because 
He knoweth that He hath but a short time. I want you to bear that in mind. A lot of people take this woman to be Israel. A lot of people take this woman to be the church. I take it to be the saints of God down through the ages. How that they were looking and longing for that Messiah. And the time came that they were paid to be delivered. How they were under persecution of Rome. Just like they were in the days of Egypt. And they longed for that deliverer. And Moses showed up just as God intended. I believe Israel was looking for a Savior. Those that were faithful unto God and to His promise. And it said a man-child was born and He should rule all nations. And now it said that man-child has been called up into the throne of God. And so we know Jesus Christ today is seated at the hand of the Father, caught up into His throne. But where does that leave us? It leaves us the inhabitants of this earth. It leaves us that now the war is not in heaven, and now the war is on this earth. A war has come down. You might not realize this, but if you've been saved, at the moment you've been saved, when your name was recorded in the Lamb's book of life, you were also enlisted as a soldier in this war. And my friends, we need soldiers. We need fighters. We need people who will stand their ground in this day and age of relativism, moral relativism, and the days of all these religions. I'm going to tell you today, there is but one true faith. And if you're in that faith, you are one of His. And if not, you're not one of His. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. But the Bible says the wrath is upon him. It says if you've never been saved, you won't. it's not that you're going to be condemned. You are condemned already because you believe not in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And you see this war that you're in on earth. And you hear if you're lost today, you might not even be aware that there is a war going on. But I assure you that that great red dragon that the Scripture spoke of, He is on this earth. He's roaming around seeking who may devour. And He's got great power. Such great power that His tail had drew a third of the angels with Him. And so those fallen angels, where are they? I'll say the Bible says that they have chains reserved unto them. And the Bible says that Hell is moved for them and those who don't know the Lord. And that when you depart from this life, if you've never been saved, it says hell moves up for you from beneath. And it moves for you. And one day they're going to be bound forever according to the Scripture. And they've made their choice. And they weren't given a plan of redemption. They made their choice as angels. And they were holy angels. And then they've fallen to this earth. So now the battleground, as I've said, is on the earth. And the war continues to go on. Two thousand years have passed since John wrote this book. And still yet the war rages on. But where does that leave us? We're living in a day that, that Satan, and I said this a while ago, he wants everybody to feel alone and separated. And that's why more than ever, I wish we could come together in one mind and in one accord. These fellowship issues, somebody said the other day, they are of the devil. And I'm inclined to agree with that. We need allies in this war. 
For it's a war that we're gonna we're gonna suffer. I preached it to you a few weeks ago that it's through much tribulation ye shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, this Bible that I just read has speak to us, spoke of overcomers. A lot of revelation talks to those who have overcome. Well, my friends, if you have overcome, that means there had to be a battle somewhere. And if there's a battle somewhere, there had to be a victor in that battle. We look at these saints that are dearly departed. Those pillars of the early church days. We look at them and we tend to set them up on pedestals. And I'm thankful for the sacrifice that they made. But let me tell you this. We tend to set them up and exalt them to a place and think that we can never get to where they're at. And we do that. We do that daily. I do that daily. I have my heroes that I've looked up to. And a lot of them have gone on. Uh, but you know, I thought about that this week uh, in trying to study. Uh, and you know you could look in their eyes. Uh, you could look in their face. Uh, and they had wrinkles. Uh, and their hair was gray. In other words, uh, they were men and women just like us. The only difference between them and us. And uh, they took the battle out and to, the, and to that supplanter. And uh, they fought the battle that we have, I believe, yet to fight. There is a fight. There is a battle. But we tend to think that they were so much better than us. And my friends, there's no reason we can't attain to the things that they attained. For they were men. But they had a pure heart. And they had a heart with a mind to work. And a mind to serve the Lord. I said the other night and Wednesday night, I've heard a lot of your testimonies. And a lot of your testimonies say, when I was lost, my mom and my dad, and my grandma and grandpa drugged me to every revival. And they wanted me to be saved. And now people have reached out to me. I pray for my children. But they're not taking them to their own revival. And my friend, they, they, they took in those days. They knew the battle they were in. I'm afraid today, I look around and people say times are getting serious and they are. People say, there's never been a time like this on the earth. They're wrong. Evil has always been. There has been... You think we're living in bad times now? I certainly believe this Scripture references the church. It said that dragon, he came to devour that man-child. And when that man-child was caught up into the throne of heaven, and now that dragon knows that man-child has defeated him, he's bruised his head. And the serpent bruised his heel. But that, that, that prophecy, that man-child bruised his head to the head of that dragon on the cross of Calvary. And so today, today we say there's never been evil like this. Oh, yes, there has. I would even go further to say we're living in the best times that this world has ever seen. As far as prosperity, as far as in America freely preaching the Gospel. Do you know what makes it feel bad? In my opinion, it's the apathy of God's people. I believe that's exactly what it is. Because God's people, God's church, I believe, is talking about that He said that dragon now makes war with her seed. I believe that's us. I can show you a time in our history, in the history of the Baptists. We weren't always called Baptists. But thanks be to God, there's always been a group 
that identified as those disciples and followers of Christ. Our covenant, our church, our statement of faith, our articles of faith, our doctrine is their doctrine that there's been an unbroken chain of succession. I believe us to be the faith. I believe there are people who don't go by the name Baptist that are probably in the faith as well. And you might ask for a different discussion at another time. But I'll say this. It's that God's people have lost the courage to stand and fight. But I can show you that Bible. It said He went to make war with that seed on this earth. See, the battle is no longer in the heavens, but it's on the earth. And so He's making war with the seed of that woman. Who is that? I firmly believe that is the church of the living God which you are a part of. And so He's making war with us. And He's looking to devour that's what the Word said. I can show you time in our history as Baptists uh, in the dark ages and so forth. There was a period of time that the church was in hiding just like the Scripture says. And they were nursed. God had said, had prepared a place for them. But they wasn't. it wasn't that it was just a miraculous discovery and a miraculous preservation. Lots of them died. I've read stories of the little babies dying from frostbite and hypothermia, traveling in the wilderness. I've read stories about how the old church in Upper Spotsylvania how that made their way down through the Indian Territory and up through Tennessee into Lexington, Kentucky. They had a desire to fight that fight. And I'm afraid today we don't have the fight that they had. We don't. We just say, what can we do? And then we just sit down and we complain about the world. And we worry, we complain about our lost saints seeking the Lord. Hey, my friend, you see me on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights. And some of you may think that brother's got it all put together. He don't have any struggles. You don't see me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You don't see me weeping and crying. You don't see me fighting that fight when the devil is there to stand against me. But I assure you, he does. What can you do as a pastor? Nobody's getting saved. And that's what we say. What can you do? He'll force me. It says he is the accuser of the brethren. And that's exactly what He does. He will bring up sins to you that you have long forgot about. And He'll hold them right in front of you. How can you be a child of God when you've done this? And you know what our answer? The only answer that will ever turn Him away. How did they overcome? In order to overcome, there had to be a battle. In order to overcome, there had to be a victory. So how did they get the victory? It said they overcame that dragon, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, by two things. By the blood of the Lamb. That's the first thing. That's how the victory was won in Calvary. It was the blood. And so when, when we approach unto God, the reason why it tells saved people to approach with boldness is because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. When we go to prayer to God, sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes it's hard for me to pray. And, some, and no matter how hard I try, sometimes it's just hard 
even to get a victory in prayer. Trying to pray. Zechariah has a writing in the third chapter, and I'm about out of time. I need to hurry. Zechariah had a writing in a chapter that he said, I behold Joshua, the high priest. I behold one standing at his right hand. And he said he made his approach to the high priest. Satan was there to resist him. So as we go to prayer, if you're a lost sinner, seeking the Lord, Satan, that old serpent, he's there to resist you. He's there to tell you to put it off. I said it to you a few weeks ago, the greatest lie he's ever told. It's not that he don't exist, not that God don't exist, but the greatest lie perhaps he's ever told is that you have time. We don't know that. One day, according to this book in Revelation, time shall be no more. One day, according to the time and the course of life, your time, even if we go on, your time will be no more. And so that dragon stands there to resist you. Christians, when you try to pray, you can feel the presence sometimes of that great tempter there. As you're trying to approach God, you can be certain He's there resisting you. How do you beat Him? How do you overcome? The book of Revelation is filled with overcomers. It says unto those churches in the first few chapters, to him that overcometh, I will give hidden man. To him that overcometh, I will give a new name. To him that overcometh. See, you can't get into heaven if you've not overcome sin. If you've not resisted it. If you've not overcome the devil. There's no place for you in heaven. So how do you overcome? It's not by our strength. I've got news for you. There are many, many, many days Satan has not just had a victory, but soundly defeated me. Soundly. But there's no place to stop. If you read the Scripture, when it talks about the armor of God, it talks about a helmet, a shield, a sword, and a breastplate, and a girdle. But there's no covering for your back. So if you try and outrun him, you have no covering on your back. So the only thing we can do is stand and fight, and we have lost our will to fight. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb. I had him sing that song a while ago. If anybody should ask me how I made it, quickly I'll say it. It's not my feelings. It's not my. It, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with Him and His blood. And so when we approach unto God, what we're saying is, Lord, hear my prayer. And because of the blood covenant of Your Son, the blood of Jesus, it cries out for mercy. It cries out for justice. It cries out for forgiveness. And so we approach God through that blood. Even as believers, we have to approach God through the blood. It's the blood that cries out. It's the tears of the Son of God that cries out to the Father. It's the blood that He shed. We overcome by the blood. That's how we're saved. You cannot be saved apart from the blood of the Lamb. There are those that are relying on works. There are those who are relying on the law. See, if I try to fight the devil with the law, 
He's already won. Because I have not perfectly kept the law. And so if I try to fight the devil when he throws his accusation as the accuser of the brethren, if I quote unto him the law of Moses and those Ten Commandments, he's already soundly beaten me. I have not the law to claim. There is one thing I claim, and that is the blood of our Savior. If, if, if he's the accuser as that dragon, if he accuses me, and do you know what God himself will answer with? His blood. That's how he answers Satan. We know at least at some period in history, Satan had access unto the throne. He went before God and he accused Job. This talks about a war that, that he's been cast down. I don't know how much I don't know how much time he can spend defending now, but he is still the accuser of the brethren. He still makes war with the saints. And then you overcome in the second way by the word of the testimony. The word of God. The testimony of your personal testimony in your life. You can go back to times and places that God has met with you. You can go back to maybe when you got saved. You can go back to other times that you could see no way out. And yet He made a way out. That He delivered you and you overcome. I want to impress upon you today the serious nature of this war. While God's people while the church has, at least for most of my lifetime, refused to enter the fight. And I'm not saying that we should stand up and, and, and go to the streets and, and cause a riot. I'm not talking about that kind of fight. It's a fight we must fight on our knees. It's a fight that then, and only then, as God leads and gives instruction, we are to... Take that testimony and proclaim it to the world. Not all of you can stand behind the pulpit, but all of you have a testimony of deliverance out of love that have been saved. And so that's how we win the battle. That's how we overcome. We draw together in one mind, in one accord. I put the bickering aside and come in and serve and praise and thank God for the blood of the Son. If we do that, we'll get the victory. I will say, we need a victory. There are times I need a victory. There are times I feel like, and there's the devil tempting one more time. Pastor, you ought to just, you ought to just do something else. Nobody's stirring. Nobody's moving. There are no testimonies. And some days he soundly defeats me with that reason. In other days, I'm able through the prayers of the church to stand. That's all God asks of us. It's the same. He told the people of Israel one time under Jehoshaphat, He said, you're not even going to have to fight in this battle. He said, this battle is not yours, but it's mine. It's the Lord's. And He said, but I do require one thing of you. You must show up. And so even though they were assured you won't have to fight in the battle, they still got up early the next day. They put on their battle gear and they went out to the battlefield. And my friend, and they waited. 
And the Spirit of God began to move. And the Bible says they didn't send forth their, uh, their cavalry in the front. You know what they did? As that army, you think about, as that army was approaching, as the devil is approaching, as him and those angels that were cast down are approaching, do you know what those soldiers did? They sang. They sang unto the Lamb of God. We were on the hayride last night. And somebody on the back half, I don't know how it got started, but we were riding down through the head. Us, a, a bunch of adults and a bunch of kids. And all of a sudden, what did my ears hear? A chorus of amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I thought, my, my, what a marvelous thing for children and adults to be riding down through the city. He don't require much. But he does require that we show up to war. My daddy's got a lot of guns. I've shot a lot of those guns. He's got a lot of them that are valuable. He's got a lot of them that are valuable, maybe not to anybody, but they are to me. And the times that we would take them out together, the times that we would hunt together, and that was father and son. But you know what? I hope that me and my brothers one day, hopefully it's a while yet, that one day we're going to divide out his inheritance. And some of those will fall to me. And I'll put them up. And the people come over, I'll, I'll say, well, I want you to see this gun. And we'll look at it. And we'll put it back on the wall or in the safe. I said that to say this. The weapons that He gives us are not meant to put aside on the shelf and it's mine. They are given us because He expects us to fight the enemy. If we want to see this great throne that was up here singing, saying glory, glory unto the Lamb one day, it's going to require, what does it say? That woman travailed. She was in birth pains. She was wanting to be delivered. She was crying out. And I'll say that's what the mother church has to do. There has to be some birth pain for there to be a birth. And so in order for that to happen, there must be those that are willing to fight. And in order to win that war, you see it said, He knoweth He hath but a short time. I think about all, and I'm about done. I apologize for rambling on. I'll say this and I'll quit. I think of all the days of my life that I have wasted. And there's been so many that I've wasted. That I've just wasted. And I think about my finite life here. And I think about and consider that that great dragon is now on the earth. And he's in great wrath because he knows he just has a little while. And I said that to say this. He does not waste the day. He is fighting every day. He never takes the day off. He is after those children that were here. If you're here today and you're lost, He's after you. If you're here today and you're saved, He's after you. Now He can't get to you, not to your soul, because you've overcome by the blood of the Lamb. But He still wants to sift you as weak. You're in a battle. God's given you the protection, the armor, the sword, the spirit, 
He's given you the word of His testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Now, that's how the early church overcame. That's how that church, those early Baptists in the wilderness, when I say they, we talk about, oh, we're being persecuted now, we have no idea what persecution even is. They did. And they went through it. And the Bible says, John said, I saw the souls of them that have been slain for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And they're there. They've been through the persecution. But there is a group of people that's going to come out of great tribulation. That's us. We're in a battle. Satan's not taking any days off. He knows he has but a short time. The question is, do we know that we have a short time? If we don't have forever to preach this, we have today. You have today. You can do with it what you will. But I'll say if you don't overcome by the blood, you will burn for it. That is an absolute fact. There is no place found for that devil in heaven. Cast out, no place found anymore. Your place will not be found there if you've not overcome by the blood with the testimony of salvation by grace. That's our message today. We're in a fight. We need some warriors. Come ahead with a song if there's anything you need to pray about. If there's a battle that you're fighting and you just need some help. If you're lost and you just need to be saved. I've got good news for you. That blood still overcomes Him today. That blood has still got power. That's why we sing about there's power in the blood. If you just are in a battle and you need your brothers and sisters to fight, you come and pray. And we will absolutely pray with you. Fight on, church. Fight on.